Gator Daily Thought, we're going to look at something called structurally higher inflation. Hmm, doesn't sound very promising, I gotta say. We're going to look at uh, the jerk-off of the day, David Frum. If you know anything about David Frum, he is a complete and utter jerk-off and always has been, and an arrogant guy, and not terribly intelligent, even though he really thinks he is, and the, the left tells him he is, because he's one of those Republicans, in air quotes, that uh, really make Democrats happy, because they can't help but undercut conservatism at all cost. We'll look at the Akron, Ohio Police Department. They're doing something revolutionary to stop violent crime. You're not going to believe what they're doing. We'll go to Michigan, where a Michigan Democrat is introduced a bill to force parents to mandatory, mandatorily lock up their guns, regardless of their whatever situation they're with their families and how much they trust their kids and everything else. Again, a government bureaucrat overstepping their boundaries, taking liberty away, and not having a damn clue what she's doing. And why would young Democrats want to want to date Republicans or be friends with Republicans? Really, shouldn't we be more divided? An idiot writing for Salon says, "Yeah, they shouldn't associate with those damn dirty Republicans." All that, my friends, and the proverbial bag of chips with a pickle on the damn side. Are you ready to kick this pig? And by golly, let's kick this pig. Welcome to the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. And let's kick this pig off with someone else who's kind of a pig, David Frum. David Frum was tweeting about uh, anti-vaxxers, people who don't take the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. And it's things he said that expose him for what he is, a radical guy who pretends to be level-headed. He pretends to be a level-headed, responsible, nice, respectable Republican. Uh, Meaning that he's really a liberal. He loves it when the liberals, he goes to cocktail parties and they pat him on the head and tell him what a great reasoned guy he is. They like that kind of thing. They like the useful idiot, uh, David Brooks, David Frum type of Republicans. Uh, so here he is, he's talking about what to do about the, uh, the continuance of the coronavirus. You have a new, the Omicron variant is coming out. Apparently it's a lot milder. It's more contagious, but far milder. And basically if they say, if you've had your two shots and a booster shot, you're really pretty safe from it and extremely safe from getting really sick. Because it is a apparently knock wood, a milder variant. But anyway, David Frum had a series of tweets about uh, what to do about the anti-vaxxers, basically, and people not taking the vaccine and and uh, mandates and shutdowns, lockdowns. Here's a few of his tweets. <clears throat> uh, here's one to sent on the twelfth of December, but the malignant minority is not yielding to reason anytime soon and even such seemingly basic mandates as no jab no fly seem beyond the enforcement uh, capability of the u.s federal government so what now well he's angry the u.s government can't just have all all the power how conservative is that you want unchecked federal power mr from is that what you want? You think the government ought to come in and be able to just uh, boss everyone around and trample the Constitution? Doesn't sound like a, a very Republican thing, frankly. <clears throat> Here he is on a following tweet. To him, it seems the best option is keep encouraging vaccine and boosters. Okay, no problem with that. Impose vaccine mandates where it can be done. Again, the mandates, man, you're all into the control. Control the sheeple. Control the people. Little uh, little authoritarian wannabe, David Frum is. Number three, otherwise return to normal as fully as we can, especially the schools. Okay. I thought we'd pretty much had done that. 
and then everyone started losing their mind over the Omicron version, uh, variant, I should say. And by all accounts, it is going to be milder, so it won't be as big a danger. And a large number of Americans have been vaccinated and had the second shot, and many, many more have been boosted. So it's not like people aren't getting, it's not like you have widespread uh people not getting vaccinated as from is painting out here. It's just not the way, but he really seems to be cheering for mandates. He's a big mandate guy, but number four on his, the best option list he had number four. That's what really gets me. This is troubling. Number four, let hospitals quietly triage emergency care to serve the unvaccinated last. In other words, if you're really sick from COVID and you haven't been vaccinated or vaccinated enough times to suit Lord David from, who thinks he's our Lord and Savior apparently, then you ought to die. You ought to be treated last. And when they get to you, they should probably take a lunch break before they treat you or something. This is a vicious little bastard, this David Trump. I have to say, arrogant, uh, self-serving, loathsome prick would come to mind. Uh, David Frum is in no way conservative. If you've read his his pieces on gun control, you understand he's completely against gun uh, completely in the in the purview that gun control is the only answer. No one should really have a gun anyway because uh, liberty's messy. And again, he uh, he has this other tweet after that one where he says, basically, if you get the, va- the tr- your health problems and you haven't been vaccinated, then uh, screw you, basically. He says, reading the reactions to this tweet, I am impressed by the immense self-pity of the anti-vaxxers who see themselves as bottomless victims, even as their own bad choices deny hospital cares to so many others in desperate need. How does someone not getting a vaccine prevent anyone else from getting care in a hospital, David, from? It doesn't. That's just you showing everybody how how concerned and how stern you are with these damn anti-vax people. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of some some anti-vaxxers I've run into. They're lunatics, okay? I'll be, I don't want to be nice. I don't care if they like it or not. They're lunatics. A lot of people, their doctors have told them, look, you've got these health conditions. Uh, They've got natural immunity, their doctors have told them. Those people don't deserve less medical care as this idiot from would have. It's it's not deserved. It's, It's sick, quite frankly, what he's doing. What other... Conditions. I mean, is David from also the guy that would say, you know, this this person's in here and they're obese, uh, so they should get they should be triaged to be cared for last if they're really sick. This person eats too many fatty foods. This person, he's not in that bad of shape. They never work out. They never go to the gym. I don't see a gym membership card in their wallet. So no, triage treat them later too. Where is it going to stop, David? From you, little authoritarian wannabe. Where's it going to stop? I tell you where it should stop. It should stop with liberty being the most important thing you possess. <clears throat> and if you choose to not get a vaccine, doesn't make you a bad person, David, from writing the crap that you do and holding the views that you do. That makes you a really bad person, David, from. And you know what? I would never, ever dare uh, to think I had any voice or would advise any medical personnel to say, you know what? When you're triaging people, when uh, when you get the David from, you might want to skip over him if you can, because I don't like his opinions. I think it's a jackass. I would never do that because I am not God. That's not my ground to cover. And no, David from despite your overinflated ego and your overinflated sense of self-importance, you ain't God either. You're just a stupid, fake Republican uh, 
saying what they think they're supposed to say. You're just a virtue signaler. Why don't you get a put, no, go put another bumper sticker on your car. Maybe that'll impress somebody, David Crumb. Because frankly, you don't impress anybody that deserves impressing. Now let's move on, my friends. Enough of David Frum. He makes me angry. He's just got that kind of face you just want to punch. Let's move on to Pirate's Cove. And let's examine a term that William Teach writes about at the Pirate's Cove blog. Structurally higher inflation. <clears throat> Doesn't sound really promising to me. Sounds like... Uh, more money out of my pocket every time I go to buy anything. Uh, <clears throat> Teach writes, this is a green transition that warmest were enthused about in theory, not practice. If they thought it was so great, they would have done it voluntarily in their own lives. Let's not forget that poll after poll after poll showed that most people do not want to spend much of their own money to do something. <clears throat> no, they want to spend other people's. You know, I really think this is this global warming, climate change, it is horrific, horrifying. And you ought to do more. You ought to spend more money for everything to save me from the results of climate change. Now, can you hand me that roll of tin full? I need a new hat. Uh, the green transition, as it's being called, will lead to, there's that term again, structurally higher inflation. Uh, Principal Chief Strategist Seema Shah says, uh, while much of the focus lately has been on the inflationary environment, some invent investors are preparing for environmental inflation caused by economic uh, economies transitioning rather to green energy. See, nothing can solve climate change, apparently, but every person on the planet being poorer and less stable financially somehow that's going to clear clear the environment up of course it'll make a few people really 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 rich and somehow them having lots of money doesn't hurt the environment but average people having more money in their pocket bad for the environment uh with the earth's climate on track to exceed an alarming two degrees of warming Governments and companies are under increasing pressure to clean up their business models to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and spend a whole lot of money doing it. A whole lot of money, which is going in a few people's pockets and make them much, 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 much uh, larger, shall we say. <clears throat> now, William Teach asked the question, who says this stuff? Computer models, cranks, uh, and people invested in pushing the doomsday scam because more money, more money, more money for them. <coughs> the premise of this so-called inflation holds that as sectors scrambled, uh, scramble rather, excuse me, uh, lost my place, I'm sorry. As sectors scramble for skilled labor, green innovations, and carbon credits, it will cause a chain reaction leading to higher energy and eventually consumer prices because the greater cost of energy will make everything cost more, won't it? Of course it will. It always does. That's just the way it goes. As companies, as countries are trying to deal with the infrastructure that they need, then, unfortunately, that does mean a lead to almost a supply shortage. Uh, Principal Global Investors Chief Strategist, what a hell of a long title. She's the PGICS. That's right. Again, Seema Shah uh, said on Yahoo Finance Live, there's a video of this at uh, Pirates Co., by the way. Then you start see to see the energy inflation and inflation spelled with E-N, not I-N. This transition to green energy is of the reasons that we need, that we do see structurally higher inflation over the coming years and over the future. 
In November, inflation increased by the highest rate in 39 years. Though it was in line with estimates, according to the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index released on Friday, Shaw suggested that the effects of inflation, again with an E, are already beginning to take hold, particularly when it comes to energy prices, which are up 3.5% in November as demand outstrips supply. Now, funny, there was no supply shortage of, say, gasoline or heating oils, anything like that, under Trump. But then Biden came in and immediately started cutting the supply down. So, of course, if the supply gets cut down because you're shutting down pipelines and ruining jobs and doing things like that, of course the price will go up. But that's a good thing. It's going to save the earth. Oh, I can hear the angels singing. It's going to save the earth. Actually, the angels are probably screaming, don't fall for it, dummies. Of course, most people, uh, William Teach writes, who are forcing this to happen are rich folks. A lot of them mega rich. So this really doesn't affect them. Uh, So what he's saying is they don't have any skin in the game. Their chickens are going to come home to roost just fine. There won't be any chicken poop under them either. No, it'll be wonderfully cleaned up magically for the rich folks who are far disconnected from reality and uh, your average American, average citizen. They can pay the price. It's always a little guy that can pay the price. And who's pushing this? Leftists. Leftists who always tell us they're championing and fighting for the little guy. Sure they are. Do you believe that one? I got a lot of beachfront property in New Mexico, my friends, and Nevada. Only $10,000 an acre. Hey, get you 10, 20 acres today. Come on. And also, this has to be pointed out. Uh, Another factor in driving up prices, again, energy prices, is that regulators may have less patience for companies who drag their feet on net zero initiatives. Again, that's the regulators. That's the government figureheads who are going to start dictating to businesses. Especially as governments come under scrutiny around their own nationally determined targets. As a result, laggards could face higher penalties if they don't move quickly enough to decarbonize. According to Shaw, you will comply, in other words. Pretty scary stuff, folks. And uh, if, if we don't kick Biden and whatever Democrat they nominate, if it's Biden, if it's someone else, if we don't kick them to the curb in November of 24, and if we don't take back the House in 2022 and the Senate too, uh, we are fools. It's that simple. If you vote for a Democrat now, you're a damn fool. Now let's look at an Akron, Ohio police department who's doing something. Who could ever think, when I read what they're doing to stop violent crime, crack down on it, I was amazed, A, that they're actually cracking down on crime. I mean, all the woke people know you can't punish criminals and reduce crime. Come on. You got to have bail reform and recidivism out the ass. That's what you have to have to reduce crime. You don't know this? Earlier from prison, lessen the charges, you know, things like that. Or do you? From BearingArms.com, Tom Knighton has a piece. In Akron, Ohio, he writes, they take a novel approach to the issue, the issue being violent crime and rising violent crime rates across the country. They focused on, you might want to sit down for this one, this is shocking. The Akron, Ohio Police Department, their novel approach to tackling violent crime, they focused on bad people who had guns illegally. Shocking. Who would have ever seen that coming? Seriously. Who ever thought of such a thing? In 2020, Akron police saw a huge surge in murders 
uh, or as the Democrats call them, peaceful protests. A nearly 45% increase from 2019, that's when Akron Police Deputy Chief Jesse Leeser realized they had to do something different. Leeser said, like most police departments, we have limited resources, but the calls for service or shots fired, gun-related, weapons-related incidents were increasing a lot. So we took a step back, saw what we, uh, you know, analyzed what we did, and where we can improve what we were missing out on. And in the past seven months, the Akron Police Department has been laser-focused on getting guns, listen closely, getting guns out of the hands of criminals. Oh, lawbreakers, bad people. You get the guns away from them, not your not your people with concealed carry permits or guns in their home for self-defense. No, no, no. You don't take their guns away. You focus on the criminals. Again, who could have ever seen that approach working? Amazing. Certainly not a genius like Liz Warren or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. It's such a national problem, said Lisa. We we are in the eye of the storm, and so we can't tell until maybe we get out of this. We pass it through. We can look back and say, okay, this is where those weapons were coming from. And so far in 2021, police have seized 1,205 guns. At this time last year, they had taken 941 illegal weapons off the streets. In 2019, they uh, for the whole year, they seized just 752. And Lisa said those are 1,200 guns that would have been used or could likely have been used in, in another crime, probably more crimes. It's not that we want one big bust and then we take a step back. It's that every single day, those the officers are putting themselves in jeopardy, going out there making the arrest. Oh, the ACLU must be apocalyptic over that, over this. They must be angry. Uh, they must be chafed over this. According to the data, what they're doing is working. That should be the goal. Does it work? Well, it works, then do it more. Murders and shootings have gone down in Akron for the, for the past seven months in a row. Last year, Akron and Akron, excuse me, had 843 total shootings and murders. This year, that number is down to 665. But in 2019, they only had 473 total incidents. So they almost doubled from 2019 to 2020. Must have been the peaceful rioters. Uh, So they still have a way to go, but they've knocked it back down a, a good portion, almost 200. So, again, that's a good thing. Reducing crime, especially violent crime, is incredibly important to law enforcement. I know the left is shocked at this news. I wonder what Biden would say when when pressed on this. I wonder if Biden would say, you know what? We need to, to, we need to talk to the people in Akron and see what they're doing. And we need to kind of export this idea that actually enforcing laws and getting stuff from violent criminals works. And if you're a criminal with a criminal record and you're walking around with an illegal firearm, guess what? You are a violent criminal and your butt should be in jail. <clears throat> and as Knighton points out, This is something so ridiculously simple. Whether or not the laws on the books are just or even really constitutional is an argument for another another time. What most agree with is that convicted felons, especially violent ones, don't have their constitutionally protected rights. They can't vote and they can't, by God, own guns. And you can go read the rest at BearingArms.com. Great piece. Uh... Good, great site, Bearing Arms is. Great site. Uh, Use it often. It's a daily read. It should be for you, too, for firearm-related issues, Second Amendment issues, uh, self-defense. Just an absolutely great source of information, my friends. And now let's look at the other side of what to do about gun, quote, gun violence. 
and everyone stop using the term gun violence. You have a brain in your head. Stop saying gun violence. That's what the left wants you to say. They want to categorize certain types of violence as worse than others. Gun violence is worse than knife violence or tire iron violence or, uh, I don't know, poison violence. Violence is violence. It doesn't matter. If someone shoots you or hits you in the head with a crowbar 17 times, you're still going to be dead. But we don't call it crowbar violence. We don't call it blunt instrument violence. We don't call it bludgeoning violence. But the left damn sure makes sure to push the narrative of gun violence. Don't take part in it. Don't take part in it. Don't do what they want you to do, my friends. And this is a story about Elisa Slotkin. She's a Democrat. And she's introduced a, uh, in the state of Michigan, a mandatory storage bill in Congress. This is also from Bearing Arms. Cam Edwards wrote this piece. Uh, Gun owners who allow their kids access to firearms, and many do. I know I was. I was taught to shoot. How do you think I learned to shoot? My dad took me out with a 22 pistol, then a 22 rifle, taught me to shoot. Taught me about gun safety, taught me how to handle the gun safety. Eventually moved up, took me out with a 20 gauge, then a 12 gauge. And then it was uh, my grandfather's 30 out six. And boy, when I was 12, that son of a gun kicked. I was impressed how much it kicked. But I kept going out and shooting with my father and learning about guns and how to clean them, how to be safe with them, you know, crazy stuff like that. But he and my mother would have been maybe imprisoned if if laws like the one we're going to discuss here were actually in place that indiscriminately say, if you've got a minor in the home, you better lock your gun up or else. So if your child should need a gun in, in, in a case of self-defense for somebody's trying to break in the home, and these are not that rare cases where a kid's at home and someone tries to break in the home. And a good number of kids come to mind who have been 13, 15, a little older, a little younger, right in that teenage age group that have used firearms to defend themselves and sometimes their siblings. Uh, But if you're a, a, a parent and you allow your children access to the firearms you own, it could be up to five years in prison. If the kid uses a gun to harm themselves or commit a, commit a crime. Now, Understand something about this. This comes from the school shooting in Michigan. And apparently these parents bought this 15-year-old a pistol for like an early Christmas present. So I don't know what they had in mind. I don't know if they were good parents, bad. I don't know anything about that. Maybe all that will come out in the trial for the parents because they're in big trouble. Did you hear what I said? They're being criminally charged. They were arrested. They were charged for allowing their 15-year-old son to get the gun he went took to school and shot people with. So they behaved irre- ir- uh, irresponsibly with their firearm they brought or bought, excuse me, for their child, and they could face stint in prison for it. So it's not like people are just allowing kids um, willy-nilly access to guns all over the place. I believe this bill is designed to go after any parent who allows any child in their home access to the guns, no matter the kid may be the most responsible person on earth. But allowing access could get you in trouble. So if you're a parent that does that in the state of Michigan, if this bill passes, you know, your your 16-year-old son or daughter's at home, someone's trying to break in the home, uh, they go get the rifle, they go get the pistol, whatever it is, and they arm themselves. They call 911. At that point, you have given them access to a firearm, right? And you could get in trouble for it because it's already illegal to carelessly let your child have a gun they commit a crime with. That's already a criminal offense in every state I know of anyway. But back to the story. Uh, 
Michigan Congresswoman Elise Slotkin has written this bill. The Democrat, whose district includes the Michigan town of Oxford, Oregon, a 15-year-old student shot and killed four classmates and wounded seven others, says the Safe Guns, Safe Kids Act is a reasonable response to that shooting. Uh, what really stood out in Oxford was the role the, that the parents played, Slotkin, who is a, quote, moderate Democrat from a swing district, told CNN. Uh, we came up with this bill, a building on a good work that others have done, both in the state of Michigan and also federally, and we created a bill that would make it against the law for a person to keep an unsecured firearm if it's reasonable the child could access the firearm. So this is not about, as she opens the beginning, it's not about this claim that you could face up to five years if you allow your kid to access a firearm and they go commit a crime with it. No, 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 no. This is about you not being able as a parent to decide that your your child is, you know, the safety, you know, the operation. They can have access to that firearm for an emergency or for whatever use. <clears throat> this is a kind of bill that could very easily be used to target lawful gun owners and make unlawful gun owners out of lawful gun owners at the snap of fingers. Now, Cam Edwards asked the obvious question, is this bill, quote, reasonable? Is it even necessary? Uh, after all, the parents of the school shooting suspect are currently facing involuntary manslaughter charges, which carry a, a potential 15-year prison sentence. That's three times longer, Edwards writes. So again, let's, let's remember what this... Uh, this specious claim is about this bill. Uh, excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> uh, tickle in my throat. Let's go back to what Cam Edwards is, is saying here. The parents in this case in Michigan face 15 years each in prison without the bill that's being proposed by Slotkin. That's three times longer than the penalty proposed by Slotkin. In her bill, she says, if you allow access to a firearm to your minor child, basically, five years in prison. Not just for just for them being able to access that firearm. They don't have to do anything with it. Just the fact that they could walk in a room, open a open a uh, gun case, and take out a pistol or a rifle and use it if they had to for self it could get you five years in prison according to her law. So that doesn't make any sense. You're not adding a new law that's needed. You're not uh, making the sentencing worse or the, the punishment harsher. You're just expanding what it means to be uh, possibly charged with this crime. Your child wouldn't actually have to do anything with it that's bad in any way. In fact, they could use it for self-defense. They could use it in some emergency and you could still be charged. So this is an anti-gun bill, anti-gun or bill. This is not a bill that's uh, for safety of any kind. As Edwards points out, states have plenty of tools in their uh, criminal justice toolboxes available as it is to charge parents if they believe their negligence contributed in any material way to a crime of violence. So I'm not sure why there's supposedly a need for a federal law requiring parents to keep their guns locked up away from their children. There isn't logically, Cam, but that's the reason, and I think he knows that. Uh, they've also there've also been plenty of folks, me included, that's Cam Newton speaking, who pointed out that defensive gun uses among minors are not unheard of. In fact, Dr. John Lott recently documented several recent incidents. Uh, the national media, Lot wrote, rarely covers instances where young children uh, use guns to save someone's life. I found 11 cases that get local news coverage where a juvenile used a gun to save someone's life. On June 30th, a 12-year-old Louisiana boy used a hunting rifle to stop an armed burglar, burglar threatening his mother's life during a home invasion. On February 13th, after two masked men broke into a North Carolina house and shot a 73-year-old woman in the leg, another 12-year-old shot the intruders in self-defense, 
causing them to flee. Uh, too bad he didn't cause them to die. In St. Louis on June 16th, a 13-year-old shot his father as he was choking his mother. That's a good son right there. Defend your mama from your trash daddy. And the news media also misses the vast majority of defensive gun uses. They just don't report it. If it's reported, it's at the local level, at your local you know, Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC affiliate in that uh, in that city or town. And the, the national media, of course, doesn't cover it. Even when mass shootings are stopped, like the recent one in uh, Arkansas at Fort Smith was stopped by a good guy with a gun who took out the mass shooter who was attempting to get everybody to come out of their apartment so he could shoot them. And no coverage at all. No, not you either, Fox, before you get all arrogant and pompous. Uh, Edward says, I can think of one other case that, while not happening this year, shows the problem with trying to impose a one-size-fits-all standard on parents who own firearms. In 2018, a 16-year-old girl was able to shoot a knife-wielding attacker in her own home because she was able to access her mother's pistol. Under this law, her mother could have faced five-year prison sentence because her daughter saved her own life with a firearm. And that story uh, rings a bell for me. Uh, But a 16-year-old girl managed to scare off an armed intruder in her home Friday morning when she fired a shot at him uh, Pierce County Sheriff's Department's uh, deputy said the incident actually began about 90 minutes earlier, just before 6 a.m., when a woman called 911 to report her ex-boyfriend had threatened her with a knife at her home uh, and gives the address. She told arriving deputies she and the man had been involved in several recent domestic violent incidents. Uh, Friday morning, he had come back to pick up his belongings that were left in the front yard when he barged into the woman's home and got into an argument. The man pulled out a knife, threatened her with it, then went outside and slashed the woman's tires. Sounds like a real winner. Uh, Deputies used police dogs to search for the man, but came up empty. About 90 minutes later, guess what? Another 911 call. This one from the woman's 16-year-old daughter. And a teen told returning deputies that after the first incident, she and her mom had gone across the street to check on the woman involved in the first incident. The girl returned home first to find the power had been shut off and grabbed a 22 pistol. Moments later, she heard a noise coming from the backyard and saw the man uh, from before standing in her door. The teen said the man told her she was going to die and tried to stab her with a knife several times. He managed to cut her shirt and give a light wound to her a home before she kicked the man away and fired one shot at him. And then the man at that point ran away. Again, imagine this mother after all this being charged and, and facing five years in prison. This is an ugly and despicable bill. It's very thinly veiled. It is an anti-gun and anti-gun owner and anti-self-defense bill. This is to get more gun owners to unwittingly commit a felony so they can have their farm rights stripped away. And uh, this Miss Slotkin uh, is a disgrace to this country, to Congress, to her state. And uh, I would say to her party, but she's a Democrat. And let's face it, they're the disgraceful party. Uh, But it is a disgusting attempt to, again, erode the Second Amendment and the God-given right to self-defense and self-preservation. So, again, be wary of the mandatory storage bills. They get pushed as safety measures. The media won't tell you what's up. You have to read these stories and think for yourself, my friends. Very, very bad idea. And speaking of bad ideas, our last story comes from, well, a place where bad ideas are often, often celebrated Salon magazines, where really bad writers go to become really awful writers. Amanda Marcotte, one of the looniest of the loony left, 
She's in the Looney Left Hall of Fame. She probably has her own wing in the Looney Leftist Looney Hall of Looney Leftists. Uh, but she's writing about this. There was a, uh, a survey done, and it basically was among young Democrats. And basically, they overwhelmingly said, we don't want to be friends with Trump supporters. We don't want to date Trump supporters. So they just don't like conservatives, which is their business. I mean, hey, it's a free country. Odd I say that because if these Democrats had their way, it would no longer be a free country. And I wonder if we would be free not to be friends with them if they ever got the country where they wanted it. But again, this is from Salon. So there is much stupidity to wade through when you read an article on Salon. It's just, again... Like I said, we're really bad writers go to become really awful writers. Salon Magazine, I read it so you don't have to. Uh, Marcotte writes, you have to give it to Axios. They know how to throw out some tasty bait. Their latest is irresistible for conservatives who love any story that frames them as victims and gives them the chance to blame the left for incivility. Every day we have opportunities to blast the left as uncivil. You snotty, snotty woman, you, Amanda Marcotte. You're the most, one of the most uncivil human beings I've ever, ever read or studied in my life. You're an angry, bitter, hate-filled little pain in everyone's ass. And that's all you'll ever be, Amanda Marcotte. So stop throwing the incivility label around when you are the walking, writing definition of it. Uh, never mind counterexamples such as the storming of the Capitol. Uh, there you go. Everything now is compared to January 6th because, well, that is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone anywhere at any time in any country in any history ever, ever. Worse. If you were hiking uh, and a volcano exploded, and you were incinerated by hot lava, it would not be as bad as having to watch video or hear a leftist talk about how bad January 6th was. That's how bad January 6th was. It was the worstest thing to ever happen, ever. Did I mention ever? Uh, she's also triggered because of gun-waving Christmas cards. So apparently this U.S. representative and her family posed for a, I guess you take a picture, you send the Christmas cards out uh, to your family and friends, and it, everyone was holding an AR-15 style weapon. And how many people were hurt by that? Besides Amanda Marcotte's psychotic uh, sense of oversensitivity, besides her butt that apparently has butt hurt a lot, what was hurt by that Christmas card? Nothing. Uh, young Dems more likely to despise the other party, Blair's Tuesday's Axios headline, noting in the article that 5% of Republicans, 5% of Republicans said they wouldn't be friends with someone from the opposite party. Bigots. Republicans are bigots. They're all intolerant. You see, 5%? That's almost 6%. So how did Democrats who the tolerant party? Oh, the all-accepting, all-inclusive, all-open-minded, tolerant Democrats. How many young Democrats said they would be friends with or would not be friends with Republicans? 37%. That's quite a bit. That's uh, over seven times the number of Republicans. So if someone's got a tolerance problem, Amanda, it's, uh, it's your party. And 71% of Democrats, 71% would not go on a date with someone with opposing views. 31% of Republicans would. Hmm. So again, which party is actually more tolerant, open-minded, and accepting? Look at this poll. It's pretty, pretty, pretty clear. And I appreciate Amanda Markup being a snotty biatch because, hey, you know what? At least she's honest about how hate-filled, hateful, and ugly inside she is. At least she admits that her inner child is wearing tinfoil and hating on Republicans. 
Unsurprisingly, this delicious bait worked exactly as intended, at least in social media reactions. On the right, there was a lot of trumpeting of how supposedly uh, this proves the left are the ones who are really intolerant. They are. Radio talker Matt Murphy whined that liberals don't believe in our republic, cannot abide people who think differently than them. Yes, we know that. As if not, uh, getting to have sex with or go to parties with liberals is exactly the same as having your basic rights as a citizen stripped from you. What? Doesn't even make any sense. But again, Amanda Marcotte wrote it, so there you go. This does not bode well, complained uh, uh, GOP lawyer and ABC commentator Sarah Isger. No, I've never heard of her. And no, I don't know if she's hot, as if that matter, you perverts. Uh, who previously defended the Trump administration's policy of separating families at the U.S.-Mexico border as a former spokesperson in the Justice Department. Of course, the truth about the separation bit is that uh, a lot of those children were coming into country with human traffickers, human smugglers who are some of the most vile, evil, bottom-feeding, despicable waste of skin you will ever come across. They're actually more revolting than salon writers. That's how awful these people are. <clears throat> and by the way, I would never date a writer for a salon. Ever. Because to write for a salon... You either have to be completely nuts or you have to like pretending you're nuts <clears throat> to make a living. <clears throat> so stop lying about the the separation at the border of families, Amanda Marcotte. Oh, that's right. You're a leftist. Being a liar is in your DNA. I forgot. <clears throat> My most fascinating friendships have always come from the other side. MSNBS host Joe Scarborough tweeted, you know, Joe used to pretend to be a Republican, and he actually is fairly likable at times. He's just, he says some reasonable things at times, and it drives the left crazy when he does, because they want more of the, he's not the typical MSNBS host. He's not Joyless Reed. He's not, uh, you know, some of the other nutcases they have. Or not cases they've had in the past. He's not Rachel Maddow. He's not uh, Rachel Maddow's twin sister. Uh, what's his face? The guy who looks just like Amanda. Or, or so not Amanda Marcotte. Thankfully, he doesn't look like Amanda Marcotte for him. <laughs> but he looks just like Rachel Maddow. I can't think of his name. Uh, Chris. Chris Hayes. I believe that's it. But anyway, they look very much alike. Both wear glasses. It's kind of a joke among people on the right that uh, he is her more feminine, older, uh, younger brother. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, Scarborough tweeted that, noting that as a Republican, he always benefited from those conversations. As many people pointed out in response, however, that a Republican like Scarborough gained from friendship with people like John Lewis, Elijah Cummings, Ron Dellums, and Maxine Waters doesn't mean the reverse is true, and that is most likely what this polling is picking up. In other words, if a Democrat's being friends with a Republican, it really is damaging the Democrat. If a Republican tries to be friends or is friends with a Democrat, then it's actually helping the Republican because we're such horrible people us Republicans. Uh, um, Marcotte continues, this is about desirability, not tolerance. Democrats are desirable as friends and lovers, not just to their fellow party members, but to Republicans as well. You know, saying Amanda Marcotte and lover in the same sentence, I may need a vomit bag, an extra large one fairly soon. <clears throat> Uh, they apparently don't have much to offer Democrats as friends. See, Democrats know that Republicans are all evil, sucky people, so they don't want to hang out with them. But Republicans, even though we're loathsome beasts, we still desire to improve our lecherous selves, so we, we seek the, the approval and praise of Democrats, apparently. Did I mention Amanda Marcotte is crazy as a $3 bill? Crazier than a drunk coon? 
um, crazier than, uh, well, crazier than a screen door in a submarine. As the Axios write-up by Neil Rothschild notes, young Democrats believe that GOP positions spearheaded by former President Trump, because Trump derangement syndrome is forever, like Samsonite luggage apparently, are far outside of the mainstream and polite conversation. In other words, they're not human. They're not worth talking to. So it's okay to be a hateful bigot to them. Because you're a Democrat. You don't have to be tolerant to those people. They're the modern-day lepers, apparently. Can you smell the tolerance, my friends? In particular, human rights, and not just the policy differences are at stake. Yeah, especially human rights for unborn babies. Democrats are really, oh wait, doesn't work out well for them, does it? And treating people the same regardless of color of skin, not focusing on identity, focusing on their their personality, their intelligence, sense of humor, those individual traits, treating them as individuals, not a member of a group. The Republicans do that too because we're such loathsome people who don't accept what Democrats do apparently that you have to be judged on the color of your skin or your identity and that's all that matters about you. That's called anti-racism, don't you know? Uh, Just last week, the GOP-controlled Supreme Court made it clear they plan to strip basic bodily autonomy rights from everyone with a uterus. My God, if you've got a uterus, you're being attacked right now. Because Republicans are not uterus-friendly, apparently. We don't like uteruses now. (laughs) The Republican Party is rallying around violent and white supremacist rhetoric. Did I mention that People like Amanda Marcotte and the left lie at the drop of the hat. And generally speaking, they're the ones dropping the damn hat to begin with. Uh, Relatedly, a Harvard poll from last week, it was done at Harvard, you say. It shows that more than half of young Americans feel democracy in the country is under threat. We have a republic, not a democracy. Look up the word, Amanda. Have an adult read it to you and the definition to you. You might understand the difference and why the founders did not want a democracy. They wanted what we are, a constitutional republic. I know that's tough, Amanda. You have to use your brain for something other than wild rants about how evil Republicans are for being individualists. Oh, let me see what else we have here in this place. Uh, Over a third of these people polled in the Harvard poll uh, think they may see a second U.S. Civil War within their lifetimes. I don't think it's going to happen. This isn't about a dispute over marginal tax rates. If you quite correctly believe that Republicans are plotting to destroy democracy, then why would you want to be friends with people who support that? So the problem really is that Democrats believe their own wild-eyed, dumb, asinine conspiracy theories. That's it. If you're a Democrat, you're more open-minded, but less open-minded toward Republicans because you know they're planning stuff that they're actually not planning. You've fallen for the Democratic rhetoric that is hateful, divisive, and despicable, and you become a bigot with not even a narrow mind, a completely closed mind, closed in several layers of tinfoil, apparently. That's why you don't like Republicans. It's not that you're mean or anything. It's that you're crazy with conspiracy theories. Unsurprisingly, female Democrats were more likely than male Democrats to reject dating someone who's voted for the opposing presidential candidate, i.e. Trump. You know, there are other Republicans than Trump. If Santa, if uh, Governor DeSantis runs from Florida, you will have De- DeSantis uh, derangement syndrome running wild. It will be a carnival of liberal lunacy, my friends. I can't wait because I think he will be the nominee next time. I don't think Trump will. And not that I wouldn't support Trump. Of course I would, because I'm not stupid. 
because I'm not a Democrat. Uh, which isn't just about personal taste, but safety. Because Republicans are dangerous. They own guns, by God, and they're all trigger-happy nuts. Don't you know? Oh, this woman is as, as dumb as a fence post. Uh, and that's not close. Trump not only bragged about how he likes to grab them by the... Okay, he didn't say that. He said there were women at certain parties where there's a lot of rich men that he felt like they would be okay with a rich man doing that to them because it would get them somewhere. In other words, they're gold diggers. And if you don't think that's true, and you know what? If you if you put a bunch of men in with a bunch of women who are rich and successful and uh, possibly can be used for financial gain by the guys... Yeah, the guys are going to let the women fill them up too. Okay, most guys would let most women fill us up at any time because we're men. But uh, unless it was Amanda Marcotte, of course. I don't think there's a shot on earth that can cure what, what virus she would give you, so to speak. And I'm not talking about an STD. I'm talking about the MTD, Mentally Troubled Disorder. Uh uh, but has a long track record, Trump does, of aggressively defending men who have been accused of sexual or domestic violence. So defending men that you don't think are guilty of something or giving them their day in court or using things like create the crazy prospect of innocent who prove guilty, that's bad now? Oh, see, I, I understand now. You, you are, if you're a man and you're accused by a woman, you're automatically guilty. That's justice under Amanda Marcotte's rule that ever came. It's just common sense to refuse to be alone with men who are fine with that attitude and no different than watching your drink at a party or having a friend walk you home at night. In addition to having sex with men who, who back uh, the party of forced childbirth is just ill-advised. No one supports forced childbirth. Forced childbirth? would mean you forcefully getting impregnated against your will. That's what that would mean, Amanda. Okay? Seriously, get a grip. At some point in your life, just get a grip. And you have people watch your drinks at parties and get a someone to walk home with you if you're a woman because women are less safe when out alone. So, yeah, having someone watch out for them is a good idea. And you don't do it because of Republicans or Trump voters, Amanda. You do it because it makes sense and it's common sense. And that gets to the crux of it, she writes. Dating and friendship aren't about merely tolerating someone. It's about inviting someone into your life as a confidant or even on an intimate level. Relationships take work to maintain. Why waste that effort on someone who can't meet the baseline requirement of seeing you or the other people in your life as full human beings? That's odd from someone who's so rapidly pro-abortion who can't see the unborn baby as a human being. Hypocrisy much, Amanda? And no being, quote, personally pro-choice or pro-LGBTQ rights hardly counts when you keep voting for the party that opposes both. Uh, I believe in pro-choice. Not killing a baby. That's a living human being. I don't believe in that. That's called murder. In fact, it's specifically called infanticide. Uh, and no, I don't believe in that. And as far as LGBTQ people, how they live their lives is their business. I want nothing to do with it. I don't care. Good for them. I hope they're happy. That's your average Republican response to that. I don't want them shoving their decisions in my face. I don't want them uh, pushing for five, six, seven-year-old kids to get, uh, uh, you know, to start being told it's okay. Yes, you're really, you're a boy, but you should be a girl. I don't think that kind of social experimentation belongs near kids. I don't think kids should be victims of anything like that by anybody at any time. That's why I oppose transgender bathrooms. 
as two young ladies in the state of Virginia can tell you, they were both raped in a bathroom by a transgender boy who identified as a girl. But I guess Amanda Marcutt doesn't give a you-know-what about them either. Or maybe she thinks they were Republican and had it coming. I don't know. And this is the the the, the capper of this whole piece, the stupidity of Amanda Marcotte. She thinks she's so smart. She writes, the anger on the right over this polling in turn shows that this isn't really about liberal intolerance, but an ugly sense of entitlement among conservatives. It's fueled by a belief that they should be obnoxious, cruel, and bigoted as they want without having to pay any social penalty for it. Ah, social penalty. Like in social credits and like what country communist countries like China do. Amanda Marcotte, you little communist slut, you. Uh, that attitude is especially troubling when it comes to dating and is being and is tied to a long-standing sexist assumptions that women owe men their time and attention, even when they don't find them attractive. Indeed, this entitlement itself is a red flag. Someone who doesn't respect the right to choose who you spend time with is someone who is likely to violate other boundaries. We agree on something, Amanda. A man or woman, in the case, whatever the case, man or woman, because I've had a woman do it to me on more than one occasion. If your person you're dating says, I don't want to see you anymore, I want the relationship over, you know what? It's over, and you need to respect that. And the people who don't respect that and stalk and do other things even worse are scum of the earth. So we agree on that, Amanda Marcotte. See, Amanda, even an intolerant uh, right-winger like me can reach across the aisle. I can agree with someone who I think is a truly loathsome person. When you say something is true, it's true. And just to be very clear, the last closing there, when talking about social credits, communist countries, China, I uttered the phrase about you, you little communist slut, you, I should not have used the word. That was wrong. I apologize. Uh, that was something I should not have said. See, it's called accountability. If I say something that is uh, incorrect, I'll correct it. If I uh, say something that, that I think would be unnecessarily hurtful, I'll say I shouldn't say that. So I should not have used that word, slut. I should not have used it. That's bad on me. And I could have edited it out, but I didn't to prove a point. The point is, when you say something that you shouldn't, I'm not talking about the cancel culture nuts. When you say something you shouldn't, you should apologize. You should own up to it and apologize, which I have just done. You did not deserve me to use that word uh, directed at you. It was uh, wrong, and I apologize for it. Now you can go back to your hateful, ugly existence uh, and your twisted world of uh, leftist fantasies about how bad and evil people on the right are, Amanda. And that is it for me, my friends. That's it. I'm done for today. I'll be back tomorrow. It is Friday, Friday, Friday tomorrow. Is there an echo in here? Anyway, thank you for listening. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for all the support. You continue to support financially the delegator.com, the blog, or this podcast, Delegator Daily Thought. Subtitled, If You're Left, You Just Ain't Right. And you can do that at uh, Anchor by hitting the little uh, donate button. Uh, you've become a monthly subscriber. You can also give a one-time donation at thedailygator.com. I'm going to possibly be changing my uh, information as far as PayPal. I'll let you know. My PayPal account is linked to a an email I no longer use, and I can't remember the password. So that could be a problem. 
because I went to check it the other day and it's not working. I can't log in. Uh, so I may have to do something different there. Uh, you got to remember when you switch emails, you got to get all the important stuff to the new email. I failed to do that with the, uh, with the PayPal deal. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking into that a little bit right now. <clears throat> uh, but if you want to donate, I certainly appreciate you. Certainly not necessary. I appreciate you anyway. Uh, good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Like I say, whenever you listen, I do appreciate you. If you're left, you just ain't right. Uh, if you're Amanda Marka, you'll never be right. Go Gators made some impact in recruiting yesterday. Very impressed. Very impressed with the new coaches. Uh, Ability to recruit talent to Gainesville. And yes, God bless America. The three golden rules of life. Plus a little mini analysis of the Gators new coach, Billy Napier's recruiting ability. Thank you for all you do, my friends. Thank you for fighting for conservatism. This is what I do. This is my part. I think I have a talent to, to do it. And hopefully you're entertained. Any criticism, praise, whatever, leave a comment at thedailygator.com on the first post. And I will read it and uh, take it under consideration. Also, take care of yourselves. Be good to your kids. Be good to your dog. Take your vitamins. Say your prayers. All that stuff you're supposed to do anyway. And we will talk to you tomorrow. I do appreciate you. Be good. Behave. Just don't behave that much. It can get boring. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. This is Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator Daily Thought. If you're left, you just ain't right. And yeah, it was fun kicking this pig with you, my friends.